customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams. And notice I didn't say welcome to another episode. Unfortunately, this is our last episode of the season. Bringing in your co-host, Jake Seeley. How you feel about that, Jake? Uh, it's it's awful, but I feel like this is going to be the best episode ever. But we say that every single week. I, I know. I hey, say it every week. You're going to have fun next week, by the way, or actually Sunday. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl, by the way. Oh, I'm 100% enjoy it. You, but you we're going to no see idea. each other. Maybe we should do a special podcast from WrestleMania. Uh, we absolutely, we probably should. We, we should have do Gary one. on too. I, speaking of that though, did you like the results of the Royal Rumble? I, yes, for for the men's, no for the women's. I did not like, I'm, I'm tired. Well, of, Charlotte uh, Flair not, was the only one that could win it though. No, you could have I mean, had Baszler win. Really? Yeah. You know they 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 made that call at the end to to change it because Bianca was supposed to win at first. Yeah, I think it would have been a little bit early for her for everybody out there. That Bianca Belair and NXT. I think Baszler would have made sense. Call her to the main roster. Have her go against Becky, and then have really yeah have Charlotte go against Bailey. Like if Charlotte announces she's facing Becky, I'm just gonna my eyes are just gonna roll them back. I like look. Charlotte, generational talent. There you go. Something that everybody always throws out in football and everything like that. Generational, yeah. amazing or whatever. But enough. She's basically, she's ruining the women's division right now. And not her. It's the writing. But they stop squashing the entire division just to keep promoting Charlotte. You can promote Charlotte and she can do it without having to just kill everybody else. It's just annoying at this point. They, they don't ever listen to us. I was Plus so she pissed screwed off up her face too much. She keeps doing too Bro, much surgery. I, it's so, it, no. she looks weird now. I, she does. She looked more and more like her father every time I look at her. And I'm like, <laughs> Which is Ooh, probably bro, what she was rough. trying to avoid. <laughs> I guess those jeans you just can't fight off. No, right? she's got, she the got like the injection. She's got the fake upper teeth now, which just look creepy. It's just everything. Yeah. Uh, everything. But yeah, the yeah, sidebar on that. But that just... I'm, I'm just glad Roman Reigns didn't make it in the men's. Drew McIntyre which was, was definitely... We're not even talking what we're supposed to be talking. Like, tell me this. Yeah, no. since, since you're so happy, I'm with you. And you heard the boos when Roman Reigns, he didn't even get to the ring. He got booed on his way out because everybody was yeah. the fans expecting him to win. And I just yes. hate that the fan, you know this, you know, I'm not a Reigns mark, but I just hate the people that boom just because they want to boom. 
Well, if I'm one of those, so you hate me. I, I boo the shit out of them every time I get a chance. I really dislike them. I'm tired of them shoving Roman Reigns down the fans' throat. Like, hey, take this, take this, take this. When we don't want him. Like, even but when... You um, have, but the, uh, see, that's the thing. They haven't for years. They, like, it's been two they have. years. That's all they've no. been... That's all it's he's been, been pushing. No, he's been two years, and he's gotten a ton of losses. He hasn't fought in the title in a long-ass time. He's been losing and dealing with this freaking Baron Corbin nonsense, and people still want to hate him, and it's just tiresome at this point. If you wanted to get mad at okay. WWE back in the day, sure, I'm with you. But here's the only thing I'll say about that, because we can get away, because everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, they're just talking wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. only thing I'll say is Reigns wasn't going to win. You bring back Edge, which was the biggest moment of the night, which was just oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to do something. I thought he was going to do something. So if you had that and Drew McIntyre was going to win, my whole thing in my head, tell me if you didn't see the same thing playing out, D'Angelo, when both of Edge and Reigns were on outside of the apron, have McIntyre kick them both off. Why did I you thought, have I thought that's Reigns, what they were going to do. I thought yeah, they were why gonna did you do. have Reigns eliminate Edge and get booed when you knew that was going to get booed anyway? I think they just they they like the heel the the heel heat that he he gets. I'm gonna tell you what I thought was the most impressive part of all Royal Rumble, and then we're gonna move on. Yeah, because I know everybody don't want to hear. <laughs> was the fact the way that they build uh, Brock Lesnar coming in as number one and him eliminating the guys that he eliminated? Because we always complain about Brock Lesnar not giving us good matches. Brock Lesnar's not giving us a lot of TV time. He definitely earned his money at the Royal Rumble, and I loved how they did it as entrance one and him elite, uh, delete, I mean, uh, eliminating 13 other uh, contestants. And the way he delivered it, that spectacular performance was something that we need to see every time out of him because we love to hate Brock Lesnar because he doesn't show up. But then when he does show up, he showed us character. He showed us personality. He showed us something that Brock Lesnar doesn't normally show us. He showed us he could be funny. And we like that about him. Yeah. No, that was a great way. To, and as you got to the point of, like you said, it, it built and built and built where people were getting so mad that he was devastating yeah. everybody and had the ring to himself that it got madder and madder and madder and madder. So yes. when he finally got eliminated because then I you thought the huge tease, pop. Yeah. You thought that tease, especially when you had uh, the big boys coming out back to back, you thought, yes. Oh, he's yes. done now. And then there's just, Ooh, that was, Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, Go ahead. I know we got to get on with the podcast. We do. We, we apologize for talking wrestling, but not really. <laughs> What we got, that's Jake? A, that's our last show. If you don't want to listen anymore, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I figure at this point in time, you, you fuckers are invested now. <laughs> and speaking of invested, there's a tease for you. I, I have an update for you when we get to that later on. But uh, so right. we're going to do a little, a little history of the show today and look back at some of the things that we said and kind of like. No, uh, no, no, please, no. <laughs> no, are you really bringing up old stuff? I mean, Whatever I happened to us moving forward in life? Why you always got to bring up I'm on this list, too. So, so don't, don't. Oh, okay. Okay, I don't feel bad. I thought it was one-sided, but okay, I could deal with this. What we got? Uh, I think the first one uh, is, is, is about your initial Super Bowl AFC pick. I, I don't remember this one. So I'm changing my picks. I well, obviously, Saints. because your boy got hurt. No, no, it's it has nothing to do with it. It does have something to do with him being hurt. So just like any marriage, you always have an option for divorce. And I am I'm I'm calling that and I'm I'm divorcing the Jaguars because Nick Foles got hurt. I am going to marry as my second wife. Um 
No divorce for me. Ever. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm still dating. I'm still dating. You, okay. Did you, did you, did you it makes ever perfect find sense. a new one? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I did. It was the Chiefs. <laughs> 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 the Chiefs, uh, but 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 going back, I I'm not sure what week that was, but the Jaguars was a great solid pick because what Nick Foles had done the year before and dethroning and and winning the championship and you know it, it come on man we were all sold on Nick Foles man he he come in he plays well and that's all the Jaguars was missing and he was a key I thought he was that missing puzzle piece to them winning the championship in Jacksonville. I th- that was me. That was on me. I, again, I did the right thing. I divorced it. I wasn't happy. I divorced, and I, it was too soon for me to just jump out there f- for myself. It was too soon for me, and I knew it. I saw it early, so I dated around, and you know, I fell on. You know, I came on with the Chiefs. So I, yes. you can't blame my brother for that. No, I, you can't. And uh, look, it's fine. You know, I, I look. I had to think twice about my picks, and see, that's where we're going right back to. We're going to my Super Bowl picks. This is a lot of these are from oh, yeah. the same episode. This is back this no, second. Nobody, nobody second in your Super Bowl picks made it. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, no, no! Not even my second round. Of su- well, that's because I stuck. Well, here, listen to the clip. So, who's your team moving forward on being in the Super Bowl? I just want to know that. Oh, I haven't changed. I'm still I'm still Good. sticking with my picks. I'm still Saints who was your picks? In, the, in the NFC. Saints in the NFC, and uh, what, I forget who the NFC was now because I switched because yeah. I don't want the. Who did I say? Oh, I said Chiefs, didn't I? No, you did say Chiefs. So oh no, said I said Patriots. No, 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 I said Patriots because I said you can't Patri- pick against Patri- the Patriots. And but right. I had the Saints I, winning. I'm still I'm still saying Saints winning because I'm not going to change my pick. <laughs> I need you to address that. I need you to address that, Jack. Well, so when we hit the playoffs, I didn't even. I should have went back to the Chiefs. When you what say I, we, you mean like what? What team are you riding with when you say we hit the playoffs? When we hit the playoffs, like no, no, you and you and me, as in when we hit oh, the playoffs okay, and okay, we, we did okay, our picks okay. at the beginning of the playoffs. I I think I even said it on this show. If it wasn't this show, I did it on the All in Sports podcast. But I said that at the beginning of the playoffs, I want to take. The Saints to still I was gonna I was riding or dying with the Saints. I obviously died on that one. Oh, you died. <laughs> yeah. You one hundred percent. On the AFC side, at the beginning of the playoffs, I said, I'm going with the Ravens because I love Lamar Jackson, but honestly, my gut's telling me I should pick the Chiefs because the Ravens feel like last year's Chiefs. Like it's a year too early. It's just not. But you quite didn't pick either yet. one of those. You went with New England. No, that was at the beginning of the season. Remember at the beginning of the playoffs, okay. I didn't take New England. I, okay. I took I came off New England at that point. There was no way I was going <laughs> with Tom Brady with no wide receiver. And uh, no, the, the, that that wasn't that one. But hey, look, uh, Drew Brees. You think he comes back next year? You think he does one more go at it? Oh, 100 percent. Drew Brees is definitely coming back. Uh, I know who's not coming back, and that's Philip Rivers. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where Philip ends up at because he definitely ain't gonna end up with Jacksonville because Jacksonville have their quarterback and Nick Foles. <laughs> I mean, he definitely you mean doesn't want to go to. My- that's not. I did not say Gardner Minshew. <laughs> he he's a career backup. <laughs> hey, you want to you want to make a bet as of what, what, what's today's date? Today, well, for the podcast is January 29th, ninth, two thousand twenty. D'Angelo Williams, yes. Jake Seeley. I say right now, Gardner Minshew is week one starter for the Jaguars in two thousand twenty. He is not. I'm going Nick Foles as the week one starter. Here's the question: Is who's the week one starter for the Miami Dolphins? I uh, if they're smart, I think they draft Tua, let him sit, and bring back Fitzpatrick for one more season. Okay, that that is smart. I thought you was gonna say uh, Philip Rivers because I think <laughs> Philip Rivers. Th- this is what I think about Philip Rivers. I, granted, he had a Hall of Fame career, just did he? like yes, he did. 
his numbers are on par with Eli Manning minus the two Super Bowls. If you're going to put Eli Manning in oh, the we're hall, we're going to talk about that. Hold numbers, on, hold on, save that, save okay, that part. <laughs> okay, but okay. So with that being said, I, I would not touch Philip Rivers because even though I said Philip Rivers had a career like a Hall of Fame career, he also reminds me a lot like uh, Brett Favre. But not the good Brett Favre. He throws the ball and yeah, not the good Brett no, no, no. Favre. I'm laughing because we've done too many shows together because you didn't even say his name and you didn't even add the caveat to it. And both those things went through my head before you even said them, D'Angelo. <laughs> Was not good Brett Favre. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's... I, and, and it, it pains me to say this, even his throwing motion sometimes and his mannerisms are like Brett Favre, like the not good Brett Favre, though. That's the thing. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen the good Brett Favre in Phillip Rivers. And it's not like he hasn't had the talent around him. And year after year after year after year, like they never put in question that Philip Rivers' job was on the line. And I always thought that there was one job that should be easy to take, but politics wouldn't allow it. That's uh, certainly fair. Hey, you know he's better than Brett Favre in one way, though. He's not sending any dick pics, so that's good. Uh, well, I mean, you, what's funny is, is a lot of people like the fact that he did that because they can kind of relate. Like, oh, he's just a guy like <laughs> I am, you know? Like that was their... There was their way to bond with him. Like, hey, you know, I can't throw a football. I can't, you know, play sports or I can't <laughs> I can do this. Text but I damn sure can send a dick pic. <laughs> oh, my God. I like, let's just get to the next one. I don't even know where to. This is, <laughs> hey, this is something where uh, I, I was I was definitely wrong about something, and you were definitely right from the jump off. And so let's let's get to the next one. The Cowboys have very little and very few weaknesses. It's hard to even pick one right now. Are you serious? What's their weakness? Okay. What's their weakness? Okay, let's let's make sure we re we next week. Make sure we we dive back into this conversation. Okay. Make oh, sure I will. One hundred percent. Because Dak, in my opinion, is not the answer. I'm going panic. I'm gonna answer your question. I'm gonna go panic, and I'm going panic because of this reason. A lot of people are high on the Cowboys because they beat the New York Giants and they feel as if they're going to the Super Bowl. But just like the Dallas Cowboys team come midseason to later on in the season, that's when they start dropping those important games. And that's when it's going to happen because that's what they're used to. I don't think I'm I know for a fact in my mind, I don't think that Dak has taken that next step on being that quarterback that's able to come back and win football games for you. <laughs> hey. I, I, I'm just can, can you say that one more time? I was what? You were right, but you here's the crazy oh, thing. So great. Can look, I? Look, you don't have to. You don't have to put all that other stuff on it. No, no, I no, was no. right. That's all I, you had to say. Hey, I know this is. I just want to ask you a question. This is. Oh, go ahead. This, this is the baffling thing to me, and this is why I said. It didn't what baffle I said me at all. <laughs> you were 100 percent right, but you, you're part of hater, so that clouded a little. Like I didn't know how much to trust you. Here's the thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Now the truth comes out. <laughs> Here's the thing. The plus minus for the Dallas Cowboys, they they scored 113 more points than their opponents. Do you know everybody else who scored 100 more points than everybody else won at least 10 games and five of them won 12? I like As a football player, D'Angelo, I just want you to explain that to me because that is still baffling to me that they outscored their opponents by that much and finished eight and eight. So this is this is what it is. So the 
Cowboys being America's team, like they've had that <laughs> moniker for a very long time. Uh, they used to live up to that moniker. Now it's just the moniker super exceeds everything that they have on the team. So with come with what comes with being America's team is the fact that you have this spotlight, whether you want it or not, and you're going to make a name for yourself because you have that Jersey on your, on your back. So the Dak Prescott, the Ezekiel Elliott, the, the, some of the players that they have on their team that are average, a lot of times get the moniker of being elite or being the best. And that's what happens when you get in these football games is you come with this moniker and people, you get their best. And then that culture starts to form like, okay, when the Dallas Cowboys roll in here with these obnoxious ass fans that we got to deal with, that's what's stoking the fire. So you get everybody's best shot because you quote unquote is supposed to be America's team. And now you're getting the best shot of the the Miami Dolphins. You're getting the best shot of, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're getting the best shot of, of, of the Buffalo Bills. You're getting the best shot of every team that you play and you necessarily are not giving your best shot because you're not trying to live up to the moniker. You didn't choose to be on this team. They chose you. So you're going to go out and you're going to do the best that you possibly can, not necessarily the best you possibly can for your team. So I'm not saying that it's a culture thing. It's a not living up to the moniker that somebody else worked hard for to get that you're not living up to. Yeah, hey, you're 100% right. And the other side of it, too, just it, for my own point, I threw that out there, but I also know part of it as well is that they only beat two teams with a winning record, and that was the Rams at 9-7 and seven and the Eagles at 9-7. and seven. Everybody else with a winning record, they lost, including losses oh, to yeah. the Bears and at the Jets. And so anybody with a heck of a – not even a good team they, they struggled against. But all right, so and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be that? the same thing starting out next season. Everybody's going to talk about the Cowboys having Mike McCarthy and how they made all these offseason changes, and that's what the problem was, and they're going to step out on the field again. They're going <laughs> to win probably the first two or three games, or depending on you know what their schedule looks like when the dates drop. And after they win that first game or that second game, you're going to get these obnoxious-ass Cowboy fans <laughs> talking about we're going to the ship again. That's what it was. It was our coaches, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to be sitting at home come uh, late December, uh, uh, early January, and then I'll be looking at the Super Bowl just like us. So everybody that's associated with Cowboy Nation, you're doing the same damn thing I'm doing come Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to all get our wings. We're going to get our nachos. Popcorn, whatever we prefer on that particular day. We're going to all sit down at our couches, cowboy players included, and we're going to look at what could have been that didn't happen. <laughs> I actually love it because I hate the Cowboys. So I don't have no problem with this. <laughs> all right, we got another clip from the same episode, four straight clips from the same episode, and this is actually about tanking, which I, this was an interesting one. I still uh, think is interesting. Uh, this is not the NBA, Jake. One player cannot help your football team go from 0-16 to a playoff team. The truth is, though, the point being is if you knew you were getting a generational talent, and that's the assumption that they're making. What? You, you, it, can't it, name, you can't name a generational talent out there, though. Who are you? Ta- like, normally, if that was the case, uh, when, 
Lamar was in school and you would say, hey, the Baltimore Ravens is tanking for Lamar. Like, I get it. But you can't tell me who the Miami Dolphins are tanking for. If you could tell me who they're tanking for, then I can say, oh, yeah, they're tanking. But because you can't tell me who they're tanking for, they're just a bad football team. You, you want to follow up on that? Uh, I still feel the same way. I, I, Nothing has changed. I don't think they tanked for for anybody um there's just there's no way there's not a player out there that can help the miami dolphins win right now and if it is jake you please tell me you enlighten me i if i i still stand behind joe burrow peaking already so if he's peaked already if he's peaked already and he's supposed to be the number one pick in the draft then I mean, where do you go from there? Tua's coming off of injury. We don't. We're not sure right. how ready he's gonna be. If he's even gonna be able to play this year, uh, or how well he's gonna play. Then you go in there with a rookie quarterback that has to make decisions on the fly. So obviously, you're not gonna win many games this year. So I mean, where do you go? See, but that's the thing is, I still believe in it. But I don't. I. I what I think the misconception. You believe teams is, tank? No, no, no. I believe. They want to, but I, I agree with what I actually referenced that. Play for, credit to D'Angelo Williams. Look, here, I'm doing it for you. I referenced that podcast to my friends a lot because I say something you said on that podcast, which wasn't part of the clip for everybody that wants to go listen to it again. Second week of September, the tanky thing in sports is, yes, the front office could want it. And it, I'm, this is, I'm paraphrasing you, D'Angelo. The yeah. front office could want it. The GM could want it. They could even get on the same page as the coaches to want it. The problem is you can't get to the players because the players are playing for their contracts and for their futures, yep. and you just can't get everybody on the same page. So tanking is essentially impossible. But yes. I know they would like to, and I know that you see some of the play calls, and you're like, ooh, did they really do that? It was, is there maybe something behind it? Because it's not a one-year fix. Like The Cardinals have yeah. hope because they got Kyler Murray. The Bills went from great defense and nothing else to being a playoff contender, despite the fact that Josh Allen, too many turnovers still, but they might say, hey, we're kind of glad we got where we were. You could look at the Redskins at the end of the season saying, look, Dwayne Haskins was finally starting to see what we could want. We have a future now. So it's not, I agree with you. It's not the fact that like, I don't think there's one solution and one player you're drafting one. You give the Bengals Lamar Jackson, they're still not going to be a playoff contender next year, but you're starting the process with one significant possible franchise player for the year after that. Yeah. I and, and I hate I hate that basketball even brought the term tanking into the conversation because well, that's because that's feasible. It's well, yeah, it's feasible in basketball, but when people right. try to relate it to sports that that revolves around more than five or eight people on the on the field at one time or a court or playing surface at one time, that's very, very tough. Because, you know, in football or in baseball, that one player cannot change, you know, the scope of your team. But if you put him on a basketball team, like if you get a, you know, a, a young NBA player like LeBron or Michael Jordan and you put him on one of these teams right now, that's generational talent. And when you come in and you change that type of culture as it relates to NBA, you could do that. But in football, there's no damn way you can come in and be like, hey, you know, we're bringing, we're tanking for Joe Barrow. Well, if we tank this year, 
shit, we know for a fact that we're not going to be good in the next two years because there's a learning curve for quarterbacks that come in this league. And the reason why there's a learning curve is because every defensive coordinator know how to scheme against a rookie quarterback. I'm going to send heat and I'm going to force you to make quick decisions and you're not good at making quick decisions because you just came from college and your windows of opportunity as it relates to throwing the ball are not as tight as it is in the NFL. There's an NFL open and then there's a college open. And college open means that the guy is two or three steps behind you. In the NFL, you got to throw guys open. And a lot of quarterbacks don't pick that up to two or three or four years into the league, sometimes later than that. So glad you said that. That's one of the things I, t- I – for everybody that out there, they always ask me, and I'm not trying to, like, say I'm the best scout out there because I'm not. Uh, heck, I know Emery Hunt that works for us at The Athletic is one of the best I've ever seen in my life. But that, I'm so glad you said that because one of the things I always tell people when trying to learn that about quarterbacks but also receivers as well is, like you said, is – the quarterback can't wait for the window to be open because if they wait, the window is going to be gone by the time they throw it. They, yeah. To your point, is they have to throw it to a window that's not even there. Um, but by the way, no, uh, tanking doesn't work in baseball. You know what works in baseball? Cheating and trash cans. That's what works. Ask the Astros. That's what works. That's how what? you win. See that? I, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't what? have a. I do, but I don't. I, I, wait, wait, I'm, I'm are you going to say you don't have a problem about that right it? now? We're going to wait. Can we talk about it right now? You, we can, Hey, it's the last show. We can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true, true, true. So, so this is how I feel about the Astros. So, if and if I didn't know about if I didn't know about Pete Rose and how they completely like separated themselves from Pete Rose, I wouldn't feel the way that I feel about the Astros right now. So, taking Pete Rose out of this, I'm like, hell yeah, the Astros are the New England Patriots of our time. Worse. They're habitual line steppers, and they're gonna officially change the rules as it relates to the MLB, right? Because right. there, there, it was rules in place, but they were like soft rules. So now these rules next year will be hard well, as shit. Well, this is a whole other and- way. Like, D'Angelo, this is it's for everybody out there, because I just want to jump in real quick, just in case there's only football people that listen to this or don't know exactly what happened with the Astros. I'll draw a real quick comparison for you football-wise. It's worse than the Patriots because it's not just, hey, when they line up, they often run this. We took videotape of it. The Astros... We're watching video, banging on trash cans. There's still rumors of the fact that they had buzzers on them, so they knew what pitches were coming. For football, this is like me telling you, D'Angelo, this is the defensive front run you're facing. Run pa- or, or Defensive-wise, yes. Is it run pass? What's the formation? Is it a deep pass? Is it a short pass? Like, you knew what was coming every single pitch, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, but but here's the thing though. It's just like Spygate with New England. It's exactly the I same. They were so still they were still in signals. They were still in signals and then based on the formation, they knew where the ball was supposed to go. And that's why they won the game. So it's it's no different from New England. They didn't snatch their Super Bowl from them. They was like, "Hey, so what I've gathered as it relates to professional sports, it's okay to cheat as a team. If everybody cheat, they're not going to do anything. But if <laughs> one person on cheat, your, your ass, we pinning you to the fence, and we're going to take you for everything you got. So, <laughs> so I'm letting you know right so now, guys, if you're out there. If you're going to cheat, make yes, sure you do it if you're out the there in the world and you're thinking about cheating, cheat Don't as a damn team and you can get away with it. Because if you <laughs> cheat by yourself, you screwed because you're going to go down by yourself. The, the views and opinions by D'Angelo William do not represent Daly or the and it's funny though because you know I even saw the Pete Rose documentary and stuff and like he bet on the games and stuff like that he influenced the game I'm gonna say influence because I don't want to say he cheated because I'm still 
Like I see what the Astros did, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cheating. And then I see what Pete Rose did, and I'm like, ah, it sounds like he tried to make some extra money. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but looking at those things and how they banned him and not allowing him in the Hall of Fame and all the other stuff. But then, like we had a full blown parade for the Astros. Like, oh yeah, we knew you was cheating, but you know it wasn't cheating at the time. But it's cheating now because we done changed some rules. So it, it's interesting. I mean, New England did the same thing, and. You know, there's still people in that fan base is like, yo, you know, we're the greatest of the 2000s. And, you know, you could put asterisks beside it. But, you know, we still played in the Super Bowl. We still won it. And that's one thing that I, I understand about sports. And I really hope that everybody out there that's listening to us right now understand this. In a game like the World Series, in the game like the uh, Super Bowl, in the game like, um, you know, the game seven, the finals, and I can't say the 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 uh, the horse racing because they changed that. In big games like this, once they're over, they're over. There's no I'm gonna pull this game because there's so much money and betting involved in this game that if we was to come back and say, hey, you know, the Astros cheated, we got to switch everything and and go to the other team. Can you imagine the backlash of the casinos and? All the stuff that's associated with betting, how they will feel, and how they have to give money back and and cash people out, and 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 all the stuff that's associated that's not associated with the game itself. That's why it was a big thing with the horse racing. You saw you you saw the horse racing, right? The, yeah, was it the Preakness where yeah, the horse got so. disqualified and so like everybody was a, up and on? Would you put an asterisk in the record books? Oh, 100 percent. I put an asterisk in there. They still want it. They still want it. Yeah. I will put an Astros in it. You get what I did there? I will put an Astros in it. <laughs> Astros is, is, is thick. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting, though. So if you want to cheat, I'm I'm telling you right now, the only way you'll get away with it is if y'all cheat as a team. Uh, New England did it. You know, you see what happened to Brady? When he cheated by himself with the deflated footballs, they fired, they relieved him of his duties for four games. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Because he cheated that, by himself. I think that was partly because of Spygate, too. But, hey. Uh, you know. Yeah, it, it was. But he cheated by himself. Had it been the team, they would have been like, look, 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 y'all got to stop. You know, we got to check all the pressures in your <laughs> hey, football. Hey, offensive linemen, can you sit on these footballs a little bit? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all going to have our hand in this. Damn it, it ain't just going to be Tom Brady. Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be hoisting the trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? The Chiefs, I think. But in any case, their season will be ending on a winning note, and yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football till next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code RUN will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the Super Bowl 54 action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter code RUN during the sign-up. For a limited time, new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code RUN and a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Can, can we talk about another quarterback now? Who, who we got? Uh, we're t- let's talk some Eli Manning and 
Daniel. Well, Jones. You said quarterbacks. That's not a quarterback. We, we <laughs> let's talk about somebody else. Like no, you... we're gonna talk about him. We're gonna talk about. Him. I'm interested. I, okay, I forget okay. what this clip is. This is from uh, this is from September 18th. I'm actually really curious what this one is. Uh. I'll just put it out there. You know how I feel about this. Is I'm conflicted because yeah. on the one side, I want it to fail because I want Dave Gettleman to fail, but I want to root for the player because I don't want Daniel Jones, the player, to fail. So I'm very conflicted because I want Gettleman gone. <laughs> And Gettleman's not going to be gone if Daniel Jones ends up being great. That that's my conflicted well, part. Even if, even if he's great behind that <laughs> offensive line, he's not going to get far. That's what the problem and the issue is. It has nothing to do necessarily with Eli. Granted, his best days and best years are behind him, but sticking a rookie quarterback in behind that offensive line. Okay, these are the issues you run into having a rookie quarterback. One, he's not going to know all the checks and know what it is that he's supposed to do. And two, when you're a rookie quarterback, you don't know where to go, when to go, and how to go at certain situations. The thing you do is you tuck the ball and you run. Uh, yeah, see, that's uh, – you know, I still I still haven't changed how I feel about that. And Daniel Jones, you know how – how many times have I said it, D'Angelo? Daniel Jones is just Jameis Winston. 12 interceptions, six fumbles – 24 touchdowns, so 24 touchdowns, 18 turnovers. Enjoy it, Giants fans. You got yourself a Jameis Winston for the next five years. Oh, yes, you do. And not only do you have yourself a Jameis Winston, but you also have yourself a GM that don't give a damn about what you think <laughs> nor the players think. He's going to make decisions based on the decisions that he want to make and not what's best for the team. So congratulations. <laughs> well, you'll be the New York Giants, the football aspects are going to leave real soon. Trust me. Uh, but with that being said, Can we talk um, the former Eli Manning does have a Hall of Fame career. Okay. Well, you go first because I do have my thoughts as well. So you go first on Eli Manning. Yeah, he, he, he did have a Hall of Fame career. Him and Phillip Rivers both will be in the Hall because of the sheer numbers that they have. And, and this is why I – and it's funny because there's no, there's no certain criteria you have to have to get into the Hall. Right. So you look back and you say Dan Marino was the greatest quarterback of all time to never win a Super Bowl or never play in one. He right. He never played in one. Right. And his numbers were so astronomical that, you know, you couldn't deny him. But if you look at Dan Marino numbers, they're not that far off from Phillip Rivers. They're not that far off from. But he was doing uh, it at a time when Eli he do it. Right. 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 That was that was the time. So because you don't have the criteria to get in. You can't you can't tell me, hey, Dan Marino was good enough to get in. Granted, regardless of the time period or how many times or how many years it took him to get there versus uh, Eli Manning doing the same thing with two Super Bowls. That two Super Bowl win, those two Super Bowl wins are Hall of Fame criteria all in itself. So I, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He didn't always play like a Hall of Famer, but again, you can't help who you work with. That defense – uh, that they had over there was the same defense, in my opinion, that very mirrored Trent Dilfer. Uh, but Trent Dilfer's not a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, the 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 year that you know they made the big catch and and all that they wanted in nine and seven again was that defense coming off blowing guys off and just Eli Manning not making mistakes and making one play and that's all it took for them to win that football game. So again. He showed up in significant at the significant times and he performed and that's why I think he's a Hall of Famer. There's other quarterbacks that are in the hall right now that I'm just I've scratched my head like how the hell did they get in? 
But again, there's no criteria to, to get you in. There's one quarterback in particular that I'd love to see in the hall, but I don't think he'll ever make it. All right. Who's that? Before Michael Vick. Oh, Michael Vick. I, I, well, yeah, he'll never get in just because people still don't want to forgive him for that situation, despite having a foundation to help for that, like turning things around. Uh, real quick, but before I get to Eli Manning, d- d- come on. Dude, Dan Marino lost to your 49ers in the Super Bowl. Like at least come on, come on, come on, D'Angelo. You got to. But he didn't. That. He didn't. He didn't play because we blew them out in the Super Bowl. It wasn't even close. <laughs> okay, so that's how you're going to overcome it. <laughs> that's how you're going to backtrack. He didn't even play because he got blown yes. out. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> All right. So for Eli Manning, when this happened, I actually tweeted this out. I said, "Is he the most divisive potential Hall of Famer?" of all time. And I think it's just because people have very strong opinions one way or the other. And then I put out a poll, D'Angelo, and that was what I found out is that there's, if so the poll results were about 40 something percent said he should just be in. And then the other answers were he should not be in. He shouldn't be in, but you're going to be okay if he does. And he shouldn't be in. And you're going to be upset if he does. Well, on the flip side of it, if you combine, he should not be in and he should not be in and get upset. It was only about 40% or well, as well, and then you have the rest that are like, eh, I don't really care. So the majority, as you said, like it's 20%. It's like 40-40 are the biggest sides of it. It's like people either really want him in or people really don't want him in. And I think it's because he has a divisive career as well. You see the win-loss record's 500. Uh, for everybody out there that says he only had two great seasons, they always default and think it's the Super Bowls. But if you go look at his career, his two best seasons were – under McAdoo and not even the Super Bowl season. So I'm with you. It's hard to look at somebody who has top 10 records across, you know, yards, touchdowns, everything like that. Never missed a game that he wasn't hurt. Won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, and then say he's not a Hall of Famer. I could see why people don't want him there, but I definitely think he is. Yeah, that's 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 been the tough part for me because you see guys all the time that have the numbers and – you know, you just like, dude, that's a – he just doesn't look – it just doesn't look natural, right? right? So there, there's only one running back that I've ever seen in my life, or well, two, uh, that one's a Hall of Famer and the other one isn't. And I always thought like, yo, he just doesn't look like a good running back. And that's <laughs> Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander I thought never looked like a, like a true running – like a – Running back that had swag, if that makes any sense. He <laughs> just got, looked no, like he just saying. he just line up and you just go and you just like, dude, he's just like just him and his uniform just look ugly. Like something just doesn't look <laughs> right, right? And and he the, came the, to my church one time and I, like and I, I saw him and I was like, you don't feel like a running back, <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. And then and who I always felt like and and I'm just gonna say the team and I'm gonna see if you can give me the name. He played for the New York Jets. Curtis Martin. Bro, every time I watched him play, I was like, "Dude, you ha- you literally have no swag at all, none. <laughs> like, th- there's nothing. There's nothing that like little kids can look at you and be like, oh, I got this from Curtis Martin.' <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, y- you look at running backs today. You know, it's either the towel or like we come in and we have something. Like, we look like running backs, right? Like, I- granted, this is my era." And, you know, not his era, but, you know, the Sean Alexander, even when he was at Alabama, like he just had a funky running style. Uh, you know, Curtis Martin was the same way. He was hardworking. And you look at his running style and you're just like, eh, it's getting it done. But like, you know, it was like Josh Rosen. You're like, eh, 
he's a runner, but uh, I don't know. It's just something I don't like about him. And, and 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 it was that. It had nothing to do with his running style or his demeanor or anything like that. It's just like you know, even when I was seeing without gloves, I'm like, what? What? Why does he have gloves on? Like, why does he? Why does he have his wrist taped? Like, then it was the same thing with Tim Brown when he didn't wear gloves and he would tape his fingers. I was like, what the hell is he doing? Like, does they help him make him catch? He had everybody, everybody in the world. Right. He had he had everybody in the world with their knuckles taped, but they didn't know that he had jammed all his fingers and he was doing it to keep the inflammation and the pain down, not to help him catch. So it was people out there taping their fingers to help them catch, and they were still dropping the damn ball. (laughs) I I really just – those two running backs right there for me were the two running backs where I was just like, ooh, if I make it to that level, I'm going to make sure that I have some type of swag because if you don't have swag in the league, and, and, and when I say swag, I'm not talking about, hey, trying to like make it about me. I'm just talking about making it about I want to watch football because this is entertaining. I want to br- like not necessarily brand myself, but when you see us – even if we don't play well, you're going to be like, damn, like that, that was cold. Like it was never a time where I saw Curtis Martin or I saw Sean Alexander do something and was like, oh, I'm going to try to mimic that. You feel what I'm saying? Like it was no spin move that they did where I was like, oh, that's, I, I'd love to do that. Like it was nothing, like nothing was sexy about how they ran. It was just tough, hard. I guess that's when back in the days, what Jim Brown would say, that's when football was football. Like, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to watch it. You know, it's funny though. I don't know if you call it swag, but like for for your dreads. And then there's one play. Do you, you want to try and guess? I have one specific memory play of you. And it, it hey, if it makes you feel better, because it's not. You're just was it when I off. split the Washington Redskins in Washington? No, it actually wasn't. So this is because I just remember. I don't know where, why I was walking through a Buffalo Wild Wings because normally I watch football at home. But it was also fantasy related because you were on my team. And there's one specific play. I'll even give you the year. It was in 2009. See if you remember it. Ooh, 2009. That's <laughs> that. Is that when I had all the yards and the no, that was that was was it the Raiders game? No, it was the Cardinals. I don't know what it is. It was your 77-yard oh, run against the Cardinals. I just remember watching you streak down, and I like stopped them dead in my tracks, and I'm like, yeah, there he goes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I didn't score on that one. I know. <laughs> I scored the, I scored the next why, play, I though. Want, I was tired. I was waiting yeah. to see if you remembered because that's why That's why I was like, there he, and then what was it, the one-yard line, right? And I was like, oh, my – and I – damn it. In the, free, in the middle of the day, Buffalo Wild Wings, I was like, I wanted you to get in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up getting in there the next play. And it was funny because I remember having the conversations like I got down to the one and they was looking at me like trying to call me out. And I'm like, shit, no, I I got all the way down here. You <laughs> tired or not? I'm going to get in this end zone. <laughs> I did 99.9% of the work. I, I'm not. Calling yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. You might as well let me go to distance. So I end up going to distance and. You know, I I really appreciate that, but but, but the, again, there was nothing about those two, and I, I mean, I I kind of want to throw Fred Taylor Fred uh Taylor in there, but Fred Taylor brought something to the game that I really love. Like he was a little guy, he he didn't have the hype that everybody else had, but when you played the Jaguars, you knew that that's who you had to stop. 
Like Fred went through some transitional periods to where he didn't run sexy. And then all of a sudden you just like everybody in the stadium is screaming, Freddie, 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 Freddie. I know. Cause I was there. He went for <laughs> 200 plus on us. Freddie, Fred. And it, brought out the beast in him and he went from not so sexy to damn how did he do that wow spin moves like going crazy because he was fueled by the fans and I, I i was i'm still to this day impressed and he in my opinion should be a hall of famer but he'll never make it because of the team that he was on i could not agree with you any more than that like fred taylor this the fact that he's not in already is kind of ridiculous to be honest oh, it's you, crazy you as say hell. you say it's freddie crazy. and sexy though you made me think of freddie mitchell in his post game oh, outfits oh, like no, not, not fast freddie mitchell but but this is what's crazy you know who who has a better opportunity to make it in from the jaguars than he do leonard Fournette, maurice jones drew oh yeah maurice jones drew is probably going to get in and that's what's crazy that is insane right because of his special team capabilities like Fred couldn't match that. But if you look at, like, numbers, Fred Taylor's the best running back to ever play for the Jaguars. Fred Taylor is one of the best running backs to play during his time. But speaking of – this is the perfect yeah. time. Speaking of best running backs of all time in the Hall of Fame or stuff, like, we got a, got a follow-up one to this that is straight oh, you on this. He is a pure runner. He is the last – of not a dying, he is the last of a dead breed. Once Adrian Peterson is done and hang up the cleats and no longer has a job, they'll never, and this is me, this is me speaking, my opinion, there won't ever be another running back that just is a pure running back that does not catch the ball out of the backfield because you can game plan against that. It's very tough to game plan against five wides every time that's four receivers and one back out of the backfield that can actually one route i i first of all i want to go on record and apologize to derrick henry <laughs> i was uh, just about was, to say you still feel yeah, that way about there i want <laughs> i want to go on record and apologize to derrick henry because derrick henry is now that adrian peterson of this new generation uh doesn't do much out of the backfield as it relates to catching the ball and one or wide receiver routes but he is that dying breed. And again, Derrick Henry, um, this is me, brother. I apologize. Uh, I've always been in your corner, though, because before the season even kicked off, I said you was the most important running back to your team uh, versus all the other teams, and you, have, you proved that. Not sure if you were good enough to get Ryan Tannehill a new contract, but in the event, whether he get the contract or not, whoever gets the contract, they're going to pay him a lot of money to hand you the damn ball off. So congratulations, brother. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's exactly who I was going to bring up was there. But to your yeah, point. I, I stand corrected. I stand no, corrected. Here's they the they thing. don't run like that anymore. Exactly. And you stand corrected on one running back out of how many? And yeah. having that success the, level? Just the 32, yeah. And, you know, he – I guess you'll always have the one, I guess. Uh, but they're very rare. They don't seek running backs that can't catch the ball out of the backfield because we need that element to our game. Because this day and age, we can save money on offensive line if we can get our quarterback to scramble and find a running back that knows how to run those routes. Right. And, and you also got like, what, two inches and about 30 pounds on Adrian Peterson when it comes to Derrick Henry. And so, like, 
and we're talking about the fact that, as you said, there's not a lot of teams that are even considering that to begin. Uh, a lot of the running backs uh, who might so, be so able hold up, to Jake, do Hold up, hold up, Jake. Let, let, let's just be fair here, though. Let's just be what? fair. I, I understand okay. you're saying what you're saying as far as what he has on Adrian Peterson. There'll never be another Adrian Peterson, no matter how Derrick Henry runs through the league or over the league or, you know, and I'm wishing him all the best. But Adrian Peterson, with the combination of his size and his speed and his vision and able to change direction at the size he did it at, it's unmatched. It's, oh, it's that, unmatched. And that's where, no, no, I was, that's I, where I was going with that. Is That's what I was saying is that Derrick Henry is doing it with that much more muscle and strength where Adrian Peterson didn't need that and brought us yeah. just a whole other elusive level to it. Like Derrick Henry is just, as right. you brought up when we talked about him a few weeks ago, in the fourth quarter, he's just running tired dudes over. Adrian Peterson, if need be, is still juking the hell out of people in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And see, that's what blew my mind. I, I, I remember vaguely hearing a, our interview of Adrian Peterson on why he fumbled so much. He was like, I'm just fighting for all the yards I can get. I sometimes forget I got the ball in my hand. Wait, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> like, Adrian Peterson is the only player in the National Football League history that would stiff arm you with the, the ball in the same hand. <laughs> like, wait, what? I How do you? That. And you wonder why you're fumbling? Like, you, you don't know? Like, <laughs> ball security. But he would, his mindset, though, was so different from everybody else's. From the standpoint of I'm going to make it so difficult for you to tackle me that you're not going to worry about the ball. Like, OK, we get that, Adrian Peterson. We understand that 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 thought process. But what we don't understand is how you tell yourself that you forget you got the ball. <laughs> That's what we trying to understand. Like, how do you forget you got the ball? We understand <laughs> you're going to make it hard for them Tiki to tackle Barber's you. excuse all those years. <laughs> Right, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, how do you forget you got the ball? The main reason you running the way you running is because you have something in your hand. How do you forget that and you just got it two seconds ago? <laughs> I, that's, that's actually really funny. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> um, on, the, on, the, on the not so funny, it, it, it's for the football side of things, it, you know, hey, your boy – uh, stepping away from the game, but I want to go back to a sound bit that you had on Keekly before any of this even happened and kind of reminisce about him a little bit. That's my to be honest this week that Luke Keekly, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, right now, he's already in the hall uh, because of his year in, year out dedication to the game and how he plays it and just his peer numbers. I do say this with the to be honest caveat PS. I don't think J.J. Watt is. Hmm. I still I, I still 100% stand by that. I, I didn't know that Luke Keekley would retire at such a young age, but I knew that it was coming. I just didn't know it was going to come this year. Um, and I, I would be shocked if the reason why he made this decision was because the complications that he's, he's had with all the concussions, and the fact that they changed the coaching staff and changed him being comfortable. You can be comfortable and be hurt. What you can't do is be uncomfortable and not hurt because then you ask for those days back and you can't get those back. He's just like, you know, to hell with it. Um, I, I think he picked a great time to retire because now he's in that conversation. So I ask you, is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, 100%. Not even a doubt in my mind. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he is too, but at the same time, you can play long enough where you could play yourself out of the hall too, in my opinion. You could play long enough where it's just like, look, you know, your first five seasons were amazing, but your last ten was trash. So, well, that's I mean, some of the counter argument against Frank Gore and Eli Manning is both of yes, those guys. Yes, yeah, you played just long enough for people to be uninterested. Like eh. Larry Fitzgerald, he's coming back again next year. Right, and and that's another that that's another one right there. I and I've I've stuck around and I've I, I've I've listened to a lot of things about Larry Fitzgerald. Six years ago, I, I'll say even nine years ago, I was like, oh, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. Like now, he's just a guy on the team that that's taking up a roster spot. Uh, from a standpoint of, did he give me a grand last year? I mean, that's I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. gave me a grand with with a, one less muscle, <laughs> like with one less core muscle. Like, can you get? I mean. I understand you can't help who you work with. I understand you having quarterback issues. I understand that you having coaching issues. Like the same shit you going through, OBJ went through it too. He finna go. He finna go through another coach. Yeah, on a whole another team, and he still went for a thousand yards. So don't give me that. I understand you're old. If you're old and you can't do it at the level that you're supposed to do, do what everybody else do. Shut it down. <laughs> stop playing. He's gonna be 37 when <laughs> yeah. the season kicks off. Just, just go. That's what I'm saying. Like, like stop. Yeah, you know it's you, funny. You, it's funny I say that though, is because I was actually in a room hearing the exact opposite of it. Because I think I told you this before: is uh, we have Aaron Rouse down here, and then Michael Vick was here, and the uh, Antoine Bethay. This is now two years ago. He was actually already because he's like, yeah, I've only got a couple soft offers on the table. He's like, I don't know. And Vick turned to him and goes, look keep going until you can't go because once you stop, you're not going to get any more offers and you're going to wish you kept playing for as long as you wanted to. And at the same time, I sit here and say this and I'm like, look, I understand why players would think that and you're the player. I understand why you guys would think that and want to keep going. But at the same time, I think sit here as well as like what I think maybe it does it depend on the career D'Angelo. Maybe it's like, you know, if Fitzgerald, what left do you have to prove? But if you're somebody like Antoine Bethea, it's like, Hey, why not just keep playing type of thing? Yeah. I, Guys that say that to other guys, I I think it's crazy. You don't play for as long as you could possibly play. You play until you hit the number of the amount of money that you want to hit to sustain your family. But then that's my point of view, right? Right. Like, just like their point of view is my. Well, that point was Carson of view, but Palmer. It doesn't requ- that's why he didn't care right. anymore. It does. Yeah, it doesn't require you to go in and keep banging up your body and taking those shots and. <laughs> and that's why Phil Rivers has to keep playing because he's got seventy thousand kids. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I don't think Phillip Rivers is playing because he has that amount of kids and hit the number. I think Phillip Rivers is playing is because he has something to prove to us, not himself, but to us. Like, you're this great quarterback that played all these years with the Chargers. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer, and your ass can't get Maybe. past the AFC Championship game. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I see that. So, all right, I, so that's all he want to do. He want to make it to the Super Bowl. He ain't even got to win the Super Bowl. He just want to show you I got the talent to get us where we need to be because that's every every time we talk about Phillip Rivers, we say he has Hall of Fame talent. He's going to make the Hall of Fame because of his numbers, but there's a huge but. Like you are Peyton Manning. You're Peyton Manning without the two Super Bowls. Like he he never showed up for the big games. And that was the knock on Peyton Manning until he ended up winning in Indianapolis and then going to, you know, the Denver Broncos and winning one there. 
Yeah, well, if you're the Buccaneers, stick with Jameis. Don't go, don't go to Rivers. You've already got a better version at this point. But speaking of better versions of quarterbacks, let's go back to episode one because we got to talk about something I said at the beginning. Week one, am I allowed to take a victory lap in Lamar Jackson? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm down in Virginia Beach. I was considered running, running to Baltimore and just running around the city of Baltimore. You, That's my you, victory lap. You know what? <laughs> what? What has Lamar Jackson done for you? Let me just ask that question. Yeah, he's definitely made me look like a genius in all of my leagues. <laughs> or did you pick him up? Did you draft him? Oh, I, I couldn't own enough Lamar Lamar Jackson. I feel so good about Lamar Jackson, Josh you, Jacobs, and Dar- Darren Waller so far. Those are my three. So, so you have I, them I mean, all a lot in your fantasy that. teams. You have them all yeah. in your fantasy teams. Yeah, okay. Lamar Jackson nearly everywhere. You definitely can take a, a victory lap. But also know this. There's going to be times where he have a tough game. Oh, I'm going to be there for you. also got to be humble enough to say, hey, you know, this humble pie is great. Fortunately, D'Angelo, I only had to yes. snack on it one time. Yeah, but that was the big one time you had to snack on it, though. It was it, a that, it cost hey, you, look, it hey, cost they still you beat the Steelers. Yeah, it cost oh, you a you're Super Bowl run. Why? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. That one, you're, t- you're telling me the loss against the Steelers is what cost them the Super Bowl run? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the loss in the playoffs is what cost them the Super Bowl run. Oh, against and Tennessee? It's not like, well, yeah, it's not you like you can't they help who you play with. It was just a juggernaut. You, you're right. You can't help who you play with. He had a lot he of drop balls. He put 500 yards he, on his own. I, I, I understand that. Again, you can't help who you work with. I'm just letting you know. I, I, I was wrong. I, I'm, not, I'm not even necessarily saying why I was wrong because I never said that he wasn't talented. I just knew that they wasn't going to the Super Bowl because that type of offense doesn't normally – translate into winning Super Bowls. I don't want to talk uh, about the team. I just want you to know. I just want you to tell me this, D'Angelo. Okay. I put a little reserve sign in the passenger seat of my bandwagon. I'm not going to make you sit in the back. I just want. I left it there for the entire season, so when you're ready, you can get into the passenger seat with me for Lamar Jackson. No, I'm, I, I, will, I won't do that. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not a fan. I am a fan, and I want him to continue to do amazing things I'm hoping that this is the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady fight that Lamar Jackson and Mahomes will give us year in and year out. That would be uh, with that, Right. With that being said, though, um, wait until next year because <laughs> a, a new year is always a new year. And what I've learned about young quarterbacks, me, what I've learned about young quarterbacks is it's hard for them to forget that last season doesn't matter this season. I did that last season, but it doesn't necessarily translate over into me being that same player this season because there's more film out about you. There's more people studying how they can stop you. So now you got to be creative. Do your coaching staff, do your offensive coordinator have the creativity to continue to produce and progress in your offensive play calling? We're going to find that out next year. And we get. Definitely going to have a little bit of a change next year, too, so we'll have to see. But speaking of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, we have a little bit on our AFC North picks to go back and look at. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to win the division. Here's why I think they're going to really? win the division. I think the Baltimore Ravens right now have no room for improvement. And once teams figure out a way to stop them, that's when it's going to be an issue because they can't get any better. The Browns is a team that has so much potential and they haven't even came close to reaching it. 
I'm trying to figure out who the hell found these sound bites. Did you find <laughs> these sound bites, Jake? Hey, I, I, I feel t- like you attacking I, me right now. Hey, I already took one on the chin for the Cowboys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I I picked a bad day to have a bad day. All right, that's, <laughs> that's what it boiled down to. <laughs> to be honest, you know what? You weren't the only one. The Cleveland Browns were easily the most hyped team of this this season. There wasn't a question about it. Uh, true, they they were uh, because of the talent that was surrounding their offense. I I knew that there was a potential that they couldn't make it. But I felt like their defense has never been a problem. It's always been their offense. And they finally got the offensive weapons. And then Kitchens was saying all the things that we want to hear. We're going to use all our weapons. We're going to distribute the ball the way it's supposed to be distributed. Everybody going to have their hand in the pile. Everybody going to have their hand in getting the ball, you know, blah, 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 blah. So listening to what Kitchens was saying and the talent that they had, they sold me. What I didn't know is that Kitchens was used to be a used, used car salesman. <laughs> and you know what he he's was doing now, right? Everybody. Oh yeah, he's he's a he's an OC for somebody, right? No, take another step down. <laughs> he's the tight ends coach for the Giants the next year. Oh, he, oh I tell you, that's that's he didn't even get demoted one level. Actually, technically, tell me if I'm wrong, D'Angelo. That's not even two levels because I think two levels would be quarterback slash wide receivers coach or something like. He got demoted to tight ends coach. That's rough. That well, see here. Here's the rough part about that, and I I, I want to draw this parallel for people out there uh, to understand this. This is the equivalent of you being at your work and your supervisor that has been your supervisor all these years to now, hey, you're not the supervisor anymore. You're a worker bee, and the guy you were supervising is now your supervisor. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of interesting conversations going behind closed doors because it's hard to step out of that head coaching role where all your decisions matter and your decision is the final decision no matter what anybody else says in the room to now you being voiceless pretty much you can you can express your displeasures in something but it doesn't mean that it's gonna be heard right right whereas you used to be that person where it doesn't matter what you say to me I can either listen or not listen, but my voice is ultimately the loudest voice in the room, regardless of what octave I hit to now to where, hey, speak when spoken to. Right. I just think that that's as a as a person, it's going to be hard to transition that fast this soon from being the head coach to the damn tight end coach. (laughs) So when, you know, your head coach walk in, that used to be a freaking special teams coach walks in and says something and not ask you what your opinion is, I think that's when you're going to have your first hiccup and he's going to have to – He gonna. it's going to be more so self-correcting each other than anything that first year in in uh, New York. That's – yeah, I agree. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, two more until we get to the one that you really want to hear. But uh, first one is the NFC South picks, which I'm kind of curious why this one is queued up, so let's find out. Right now, in the next six weeks, because that's how long it's going to take Drew Brees to get back, I'm rolling with the Atlanta Falcons on winning that division. I don't think New Orleans will have enough when Drew Brees come back to upseat them because they're playing really good football right now. I, I just wish that Cam get his stuff together over in Carolina. I also hope that Jameis Winston can – I don't even do know. anything. He's, he hadn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He hadn't did anything since he's been in the NFL. I mean, I just hope he get over the crab leg incident that he had in college. Maybe that's what <laughs> it is. I don't know. 
I hate it here. I hate it here. I didn't know. <laughs> I I hate this episode already. I didn't. I really said that. <laughs> You said that. See, well, I, oh, I'm looking back. You said that this is uh, September 18th is when you said that because it's the that was the oh, that, okay. Gosh. Hold on, hold on. To be fair, at the time the Falcons were one and one. That was before their six straight losses. So, yeah, that's not that's not being fair. I was an idiot. I <laughs> why would I think that? <laughs> I wouldn't even pull that one. That's you know who that's on. I didn't pull that. Wow. One. <laughs> Production gives no fucks about me and how I feel. Like they could have left that one off. Like wow, they're thinking the same thing. They're like, really... "Hey, it's the last episode. You can't be too pissed." Yeah. <laughs> Are you making the case why you shouldn't bring me back? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no. So at the time, again, there was one and one. Um, I was real high on Maddie Ice and Julio Jones because of what they did years prior, and then you know they was bringing a running attack back with you know uh what is his name i can't even think of his name right now for who uh Deont- not uh the running back for atlanta oh yeah Devonte freeman Devonte freeman they was bringing him back like they had all the p- pieces to the puzzle from you know when they dropped in super bowl and then they had the defense to get it done and i thought maybe with you know uh new orleans like staggering and stunned that they would take advantage of it and they didn't uh, one guy took advantage of it, but it wasn't the entire, you know, NFC. I mean, uh, uh, the South Division. So, I I honestly can't even go back into the mindset of what I was thinking when I said that because you know, going forward now to where I am right now, that was dumb as shit. I don't know why I even said. Well, that. let's hey, let's like, rebound for you because I have a feeling this one's going to be a big rebound. So let's go okay. back. This is now. This is the first episode again. The second week of September, so it's not like this is something you said in week eleven. And you so. said you didn't pick any of these. You didn't pick any of these because it sounded like you know what the hell's going on. No, um, I, j- I got a clue to what this one's going to be, but I no, I didn't. Okay. Not, I did not pick any of this. Especially didn't pick the one coming up after this. But <laughs> well, I wanna, okay. let, let's hear this one because I have a feeling this one's good for you and probably bad for me. Okay. Honestly, try try to not be a 49ers fan for a second. Just honestly, D'Angelo. If you see that Jimmy Garoppolo against the Buccaneers defense of all defenses threw for 166 yards, one touchdown, one pick, the running game got nothing going. Granted, Tevin Coleman got hurt. George Kittle led, which is not a surprise, but he led the team with 54 receiving yards. There's nothing in your mind that's panic mode about the 49ers, even though they got the win? I'm relaxed, brother. First game of the season. (laughs) We haven't really uh, gelled with one another. Such a homer. Uh, Yeah, 100%. D'Angelo, uh, do do you wanna do you wanna talk about that? I, I'm gonna let you talk first before I even <laughs> say anything. I mean, is there something you wanna say? Uh, hey, look, hey, you, you, you I, just, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I don't know. I'll say it. Six. Look. Go ahead. Six what? Six for eight. Seventy-seven yards in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo established the run. It's uh look. Hey, that's uh, nope, nope, nope. Don't 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 steal my thunder, Jake. Don't steal my thunder, cause you gave me numbers in there. Six, six completions, eight attempts, seventy-seven yards. We won that by seventeen. So here's so what I say. My whole point is, I'm still just as comfortable right now as I was when you played that clip earlier. I there's no we know how to win and we do what it takes to win with the defense that we have there. We have the ability to struggle, whether it's via run 
or via pass and still overcome those insecurities. A lot of teams don't have that luxury, and that's why, again, I'm comfortable now. So here's what I'll compare it to. I 100% admit from day one I had my doubts and wrong doubts about the 49ers. I did not think they were going 13-3. and I did not think they were going to go to the Super Bowl because if you notice the one thing I went to in that, and I still have done it to this day. I'm not going to say I've changed. I'm still doubting this very thing, and I've even said it to you before as a joke. Said Jimmy Garoppolo's had four great games this season: two against the Cardinals, one against the Bengals, and then the one against the Saints, which is the one I'll give him credit for. But I'll compare it to one thing you just said. We talked about it, kind of hinted on it earlier in the show. I think they're very reminiscent of the 2000-2001 Super Bowl champion Ravens with Trent Dilfer, who against the Giants threw for 153 yards and one touchdown leaned on Jamal Lewis, leaned on that defense. The leading receiver had 52 yards in that game. I think it's a very, very strong comparison between these two teams, and that's why I'm saying I'm wrong because I doubted Jeremy Garoppolo, but it doesn't need to be Jeremy Garoppolo. Right. Well, I'm going to say this, and I the biggest thing that's going to come from the Super Bowl, and I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl here in a minute. I, I, I know. we I, got a clip we got to get to apparently before that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to that clip. I'll just say this when we get there. I I just know for a fact that this 49ers team has what it takes. I see Seattle when they played the Broncos in the Super Bowl. It wasn't even close. I think that this is the type of game that we're going to have come Sunday. Ooh, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that in a second. But now (laughs) talk about about talk about me not picking – (laughs) the <laughs> clips i don't here we go again with <laughs> with with one about well, whatever just just play it uh, what, what you got let me hear yeah so how was your date though oh it was really good it was actually so you know how i rank things she like act, really act, good or like it was well, like no, no, here, she went home you went home no no so here's no I don't, I don't do that she went home i went home it was the first date so okay this is so you know how I rank things and grade things all the time, and that's my job. So I, I put it on her. I said, All right, so now it's on you since now that you know that I do that. And this is how you know it went well. She said it was a nine out of 10, and the only reason I won't give it a 10 is so we have room to improve. So there you go. So what did you rank it? I'd give it a nine out of 10. I agree with her. But uh, that's pretty cool, man. Like, what was your type? Like, I mean, how did you set this up? Is this like a did you go traditional and like meet her out? Or was this more like uh, you slid in her DMs, like, hey, big head? Like, how did, how did you initiate this? <laughs> no, this is a... Uh, I'm curious, Jake. I officially bit the bullet and tried the app versions of things. <laughs> Do you remember what I said about sliding the DMs at the time? Yeah, you said that you don't slide in DMs at the time. You don't slide in DMs at the time, and then you rank that a 9 out of 10. So, first of all, let's get an update. That chick that you went on a date with that you gave a 9 out of 10 and she gave a 9 out of 10. Are y'all still in communication and have it went any farther than that date? Uh, no, that was a straight up I got ghosted. <laughs> so the 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 last day you got ghosted, so it wasn't a 9 out of 10 on her end. She just shot you some bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is terrible on her. But since then, you also said in that, that, that same vein that you do not slide in DMs, you are not that guy. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the people that are listening was like, oh, you're such a nice guy. So update us now. Have you slid in any DMs then, or are you still going the traditional way? No. For the people that haven't listened to the last two episodes, uh, yeah, I actually, for the first time ever, tried to the, the slide into the DM round. And 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 how did it work for you? Like, was it a what is it a nice, warm, cozy, accepting place, or was it like 
Was it everything? Like everything that you thought about? Because you you're not a DM slider. Right. You slid in these DMs. How did it feel? Tell us. Tell, we we, we want to know. <laughs> like, what was the result of it? Was it a nine out of ten? Did you did it did it potentially get you a date? Was it better than what you did with the one that lied to you at first? We want to <laughs> know. We want answers, Jake, because you are slowly turning into what you don't want to turn in, and that's that guy. No, that's a completely different that guy. That's We had that You said that I was that guy when I was talking about sliding DMs. Now that you've slid DMs, it was one time. It was this. It was the don't try to minimize no, no, your no, no, impact no. on no, no. sliding DMs. No, this is a different that that guy versus the, the, the we had that that guy conversation when I was in Vegas. That's those, those are two different guys. Okay. <laughs> those are, so, oh, okay. Yeah, right. the uh, this is still TBD. Look, we're still we're still working on this with your help, I believe, because at, at yes, first, yes, uh, I, so, I do want to let everybody know though before you finish, I I am so I I had to text Jake so Jake. We're on text message conversation. I have him screenshot the, the messages. He sent them to me, and like I replied to him because I said I was going to help. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Jake Ass. Jake has gone rogue a couple times and just sent shit that he just wants to send. And like he'll send me the message, and I'm like, Jake, what is this at the top? And he's like, oh, that was just something that I sent. You know, it was very harm. Like, I need to know these things because <laughs> I need my conversation to be fluid. Like, you can't. You can't tell me that you said this and then you sent her a picture of like a concert and then I come back and say something and now it's just all creepy. So Jake <laughs> occasionally go rogue on me and I have to follow it up a little bit here and a little bit of there and I keep touching up. But, you know, I, I'm I'm about two or three rogue texts sent to her from him without my permission away from absolutely cutting Jake off. <laughs> but go ahead, Jake. Well, so you, how's it going? So it's still TBD because for you, well, you know, but for everybody out there that doesn't know, uh, so, well, first of all, you're referencing a tour of a band that she's a huge fan of, and I was just to tell you what I told her. Well, I tell everybody what I told you is just trying to. But keep it's super the, creepy though. No, it's, it's super creepy. It's no, creepy it's, as shit. No, it's not. I was telling her there's it, a stick. It is. No, it's it 100% not. is, Jake. No, because I sent her a picture of a stadium tour of her band that she had told me that she loves. And was just saying, hey, I don't that know. she referenced in a conversation that y'all had uh, a few beginning. days before. A few days before. Just, in the beginning, right. In the beginning. And then you later, just out of nowhere, like, ah, ha, 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 your band is touring in my city or no. in this no, city. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. no what no, what no. did you say? No, I sent a picture of it. I said, so I'm working and check out the ad banner that just popped up because it legitimately did while I was working. It was on CBS Creepy. at the time. Creepy. Not cre so, for people that no, know you, we know no. for a fact that it, we know that it popped up on your banner, which is the truth. But people oh, that you don't think know it sounds you, like, like oh, I was sure. searching for it. Oh, sure. You searched my band to find out where I was, where to see if you could meet up or no. start up a conversation. Okay, I can see, like, but sounds desperate and creepy as shit. No, but, well, I don't think she took it that way because she just said, "I know, right? I so badly want to see them touring." So there you go. Yeah, uh, but also anyway. the chick that you went on a date with said it was a nine out of ten, and she ghosted you. So you gonna listen so to her? or You gonna listen to me? Well, I think it's depending. <laughs> so in any case, the entire point behind it, as I told you, was just to keep the communication open because she was going out of town for work and I didn't want to just wait. So for, for people don't know, you told me I just need to stop 
playing around and just ask her out in person. Well, I wasn't going to yes. do that before, right before she went out of town because that's an immediate, I'm not available this weekend. And then you leave that whole like, well, this weird, awkward of, okay, well, when you get back, what time? So I was waiting to ask her in person until she got back into town. So instead of just waiting six days to not text her, period, is kind of why I kept that open. So in any case, uh, I haven't sent a text until today. I did one because I what, wanted what to. What did you say, Jake? No, what so, did you say? You hadn't sent me that one. No, I haven't because I wanted to bring it up on the show for you. So there okay. you go. What did you say? She was out of town until yesterday. All my text said was, how was the city you were in? I don't want to say what the city was for everybody out there, yeah. for those creepy people. How was blank yeah. and your weekend? That's all I sent. And she. Why actually, do you keep going rogue on me, Jake? Why well, do you keep doing this? Hold on. I got a, I got a text back while okay. we're recording this show. So here okay. you go. Live for everybody out there. Live for you to give me advice and respond to. And I guess anybody okay. else that wants to try and give me advice <laughs> just said, it was good. Not bad at all. I just got back from work late last night, so I'm exhausted today. There you go. That's your update. That's your full. So, so what are you thinking about sending back? Uh, at this point, stop messing around and just go for the in-person. Let's meet up. You should have did that six days ago. She was so she would have known when she got back in town. Like, I, I don't think you, this is what I don't understand about you, Jake. You do realize whether she gone for six days, she's gone for four days, she's gone for eight days. She took her fucking cell phone with her. <laughs> she, it's not one of those house phones back in the days where she couldn't take it with her. Like, you didn't text her for six days because six she was days. going out of town. I told you I that kept the communication me, open with the thing about it Man. makes no sense, Jake. That's what you text her like good morning, uh, like every other day or like year. to strike up no, a conversation no, because as long as as long as you create a conversation where you're on her mind, it keeps another guy from filling that void no, see, that you're here. leaving open. So, so, but you're coming from the guy side of things. Like girls have also just given me their free input. Which, you know, hey, I appreciate because that's the girl's perspective that you and I can't understand. Here's my problem. And this is my problem with dating, period, and girls, period. Like, I understand guys think they're like, there's, there's a books about it. There's a reason when men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Like, this is the whole thing is the girl's perspective on this that you haven't, the, the rogue thing that you haven't been getting is that you have to keep playing. It's like fishing. You got to keep playing with this line of like, you can't reel it in too fast because they lose interest and just pull away. And the line breaks, and then you so you got to give it out a little bit. You got to not communicate for a few days. You got to play these stupid games. I don't want to play games. I hate playing games. I just want to be blanket. Hey, let's go out. But you can't do that because if you just say, "Hey, let's go out," the girl will be like, "Whoa, that's that's kind of aggressive." Like, chill out a little bit. See, you, you're thinking from this. If you're gonna think it from a fishing point of view, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you from a fishing point of view since you again you're coming from the guy's side. Way. So, I want yeah, your wife's uh, opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, well, well, since you're using it from a fishing point of view, I'm gonna use this. If you use the right bait, it don't care. It doesn't matter what you do to the line. The fish is gonna bite. See, but she's only so got a picture of the bait. She doesn't know what the bait smells like. Is like in person. <laughs> what personality of the bait has? Oh, what, what, that's what. That's what I've been trying to get you to understand from from the jump. When you told me you slid in her DMs, my first thing to you was you gotta meet her in person. Was it not? I know. You said, "Oh, I gotta wait. I gotta wait because she's going out of town." Oh, that. Yeah. Did you not say that? No. The, the you said, "I gotta wait because she's." Yeah. You should have told her why she was out of town. Like, hey, when you get back, 
we need to meet up. I want to hang out. We need to go grab coffee or tea or whatever it is people do when they date now uh, because you obviously not that guy. Uh, so <laughs> with that being said, like you should initiate the fact that you want to meet because now on her end, it can look like you just playing, wasting time. You may have somebody else because you just out of six days, you text me twice and one of those days was the last day in which I came See, back. But then on the flip side, the girls, are, the girls' advice are like, you're like, oh, they get intrigued because they're like, why hasn't he texted me? That's exactly what I've are been told. Are you talking to single girls? Because th- this makes a difference. They're single for a fucking both, reason. Both. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it, don't you, listen to the single chick. That's <laughs> like, re- that's like this listening off your to wife. somebody that don't have kids. <laughs> I want to know what your wife has to say. Okay, I, I, I will ask her. Which she probably is going to laugh at you because you do realize that it's a digital age, right? Everybody communicates through social media, through the Internet, some shape, form or fashion. And for you to say, hey, I don't DM people and has gotten more action through one DM than you did going on a date that got a nine out of ten and she ghosted you. (laughs) This is this is this is why I'm so good at fantasy football. (laughs) My focus isn't skewed elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing, though. Like, just you sitting around not doing anything. Whenever you think about her, just be like, hey, you know, just had a couple thoughts about you, and she may say, oh, what was you thinking? Like, I was thinking maybe see, but, uh, we no, should no, link no. up see, and have that's coffee. Like creepy and too much, and you're pushing too hard. And see, that's what I'm that's, saying. But it's not though. It's 2020, bro. It's the last episode. Fuck it, Jake. Yeah, Fuck it. exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Go ahead. I want to hear about the Super Bowl because you said that this is going to be a walkover. So I want to hear how and why. Oh, 100 percent. This is this is why I'm taking the Chiefs in a close here. here real I, quick, you, real you, quick. This is I'm going to say I think the Chiefs win this game, but I think the Chiefs win this game like when they played the Patriots earlier this year in like a 20 to 17, 20 to 13 type game. But I'm I have. You want to talk about confidence level, D'Angelo, and some of the things we've said throughout our entire show together? If you graded this one, if you want me to rank something on a 1 to 10 scale of confidence of that happening, I'm like a 1. I'm not, not, I'm not putting money on this anywhere. Okay, that, which, which makes sense. I, I'm going to tell you why. The same thing from Seattle and the Broncos when Peyton Manning came, I knew that they matched up really well because they was floating with the number one defense as it relate to passing but they was really low as it became as it related to running the football defensively they was like not even mid-level they was just average at the time I think I want to say and the Denver Broncos never ran the ball it was all Peyton Manning tossing it at the time that's exactly what this is it's a carbon copy of that the Chiefs don't run the ball much uh, if any they rely on Patrick Mahomes, and that's the strength of that defense is their back seven and their front four rushing coverage working together. And if you're going to play to the 49ers' strengths, you have no shot. Your only shot is to run the ball and hope that you can stop the 49ers' run and force Jimmy Grappolo to make horrible decisions. Well, you don't do that because we know that the Chiefs' defense is not what the 49ers practice against. I'm going to say that again. We know that the Chiefs' defense is not what the 49ers practice against. I know what you're saying. So if that's what you're practicing against, then that's why if you look at the 49ers, you got to look at their genetic makeup. They're really good at running the ball because they practice against the number one defense against the pass. 
So you got to find ways to beat that. So what do they do? They show up. They run the ball down Green Bay's throat. And everybody was like, oh, I never saw this coming. Oh, really? You didn't. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you a foreshadowing right now. The 49ers by halftime will have this game won and in the bag and everybody can go to sleep and look at the commercials later. <laughs> That's actually, you know what's funny? That's what happened to me when uh, my Giants played the Ravens in that Super Bowl. I actually went to another room, listened for the commercials, and came back into the room for the commercials. Yeah, that's that's going to be the best part of this Super Bowl after halftime because it there's no lights going out. You ain't got to worry about that. They fixed that problem. Uh, <laughs> as soon as the Armstead <laughs> so, touchdown was called back, I was like, screw it. This game's over. I yeah. don't care anymore. Uh, so here, real oh, quick, yeah. this will be the last thing about the Super Bowl because we're on different sides here. I actually think okay. in my scenario, I think the two biggest factors in this game are the tight ends. Like I think Kittle and Kelsey are going to be the biggest impact on this game. The run game, obviously, but that's it's the 49ers. It could be Mostert. It could be Coleman. It could be Brady. It could be any of them. It could be hell, right. Jeff Wilson. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you, I, I don't who, think, who do you think is like think the Kelsey's, unnamed guy? I, I don't think Kelsey's going to be as big a if, – if I'm the 49ers, if – if I'm the 49ers, I'm going to go nickel and I'm going to put a corner on your tight end and I'm going to force you to be uncomfortable by running the ball. We know that that's not your conference level, I mean your comfort level. We know, and when I say we, I'm talking about the fans. We know that Patrick Mahomes is not okay with handing the ball off 40-plus times. He's not okay with that. That's not the Patrick Mahomes that made him the MVP. That's not the gunslinger Patrick Mahomes. He's not okay with doing that. So with that being said, I'm going to give you a defense that's going to force you to do that. You're going to get uncomfortable and you're going to start making bad decisions. You're going to get you're going to get rattled and then that's when I got you. I'm going to go back into my base. I'm going to let you do what you want to do and throw in the ball and you're going to cost yourself a lot. Okay. All right. I'm going to be very interested. I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to get a text from you during the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, you 100% going to get a text from me. Yes, you are. All right. So before we get out of here for our last two, be honest, I have mine and then I'm going to set yours up for you. Uh, they're both actually NBA related of all things and not football related, not wrestling related. Uh, mine real quick for you, uh, to be honest, D'Angelo, uh, LeBron James, now third all time in the scoring list. I told you this before the show. I'm going to tell everybody out there for it. If so, to be honest, and I know it sounds weird to start with an if, but you'll understand in a second. To be honest, if LeBron, LeBron James wants to, he will finish as the all-time scoring leader in NBA history because he is only, only but around 4,700 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, still has the rest of the season, still has the playoffs. If you even down-tick his average on points per game to 22, which is well below his career average, well below what he's averaging this year, let's just call it 22 to say, hey, you know, maybe he declines a little bit. Maybe he misses a few games. He only needs, from today, around 215 games. And again, that's before the rest of this season and before the playoffs. So he about needs two, two and a half more seasons to do so. So if he wants to continue playing that long, he's only 35 he will be the all-time scoring leader in NBA history. I I I don't I doubt it, but I don't doubt it, and this is the only reason why I doubt it. With load management being a thing of the future now, I just don't think that he there, there's no longer 
all of them are not playing 82 games now. Back right. in the days, they used to play 82 games. Right. I don't know how many of the 82 games that LeBron James will be playing. We'll say 70. So with that being said, that three seasons can turn into five or six, but depending on low management at the age in which he's scoring. I don't know if his production is still teetering up while he's still playing as he's getting older. So I, I, it's it's definitely possible, but in three years with load management being an issue, I think you're going to have to tack on some years. Mm, I say three years after this year, so if he wants to. That's my only question is if he wants to. It's all – put it out there. Hey, LeBron, you listen to the show, it's your decision. If you want to be the all-time scoring leader in NBA history, it's your choice because it will happen if you want it to. Um, I'm going to set up yours real quick. Uh, for everybody out there, and this is like a – this is we'll call it a PSA. Um, there obviously we haven't touched on and we're not really going to touch on the Kobe situation for what it is because everybody's done amazing job covering it, saying things that need to be said is an extremely sad situation. Uh, we want to talk just a little bit different angle about it. So in the day and age where everybody loves to get upset about everything, look, if it's going to upset you to talk about this and the fact that we're taking it as an independent of what happened. This is an independent conversation of what happened with Kobe Bryant and his daughter. If you can't do that, then just turn off the episode now. We love you guys for listening this entire season. Hopefully we're back next year for you. And you can listen to all the sports. Yeah, I'll have D'Angelo on there during the offseason to recap my terrible dating life and goodbye. But if you want to continue listening, uh, then D'Angelo, here is your final to be honest. Yeah, this is my to be honest. I, to be honest, I, I understand uh what generational talent is i understand what legends are i understand uh the game of basketball not as a player but as a fan i understand but to be honest i don't think that the nba should change logos or do anything as it relates to any past present or future players uh, concern and this is why I feel this way because at the end of the day our exit is going to be our exit there's players that pass the torch whether it starts with Wilt Chamberlain and go from Dr. J from Dr. J to uh, Michael Jordan from Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant and from Kobe Bryant to LeBron James you know as it relates to those players that I just named and not trying to leave out Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, you know, whatever player you want to name. Uh, at the end of the day, these are all great athletes. Uh, and the NBA logo is the NBA logo. Um, you know, retiring a player's jersey that played for you is all common around the national. I mean, the National Football League, the NBA. But when you start talking about doing something special for a person because of a situation then you're opening yourself up to having to do it for all the players that I just mentioned plus more. And that's when you open a can of worms because not everybody's going to like what I say or what the NBA say. And, I mean, that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. There's no perfect time or right time to say something that people don't like or that they disagree with. I, I'm saying that leave the things – the way that they are right now because knee-jerk reactions are just that. They're knee-jerk knee jerk reactions. But what you don't want to do is let that knee-jerk reaction lead you to another reaction 
that's going to have to force you to make other decisions because you made a decision under, you know, certain circumstances that otherwise you wouldn't have made that decision. So again, they're all legendary players. Every one of those guys that I named are Hall of Famers. Uh, they're going to continue to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, there'll still be arguments around the water cooler about who is a better shooter, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. Who's a better player, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan because they're generational talents. Uh, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, you know, some old head will come in and be like, man, nobody was better than Wilt Chamberlain with the sky hook or Dr. J when he crossed that guy over and dunked on the other side of the goal. We can't argue that because that's not our generation. My generation was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and now, like, I'm just on the edge of LeBron. Like, I like him, but then I don't. The thing I like about LeBron is his activism and the fact that he's willing to put his brand on the line for common people or all people uh, versus something they wouldn't do back in the days. So we all like players for certain things. But who are we to say, hey, you know, I don't want to listen to what you have to say because it's not something that I agree with. Let's all have an open mind and listen to what it is other people have to say. So to be honest, I every one of those guys are legends. Every one of those guys deserve the Hall of Fame. But not, none of the go, none of those guys deserve, in my opinion, to change the logo or the very game that we play because the influence that they have at this time. That's my to be honest. And it's a, it's a good one. I, I agree with you. And I think the biggest thing that you said there, too, is, and we probably upset people along the way, but everybody's looking for a reason to be offended if you don't agree. And how about, hey, live in a world where you can understand people can have differing opinions than your own. What a, what a world that we could live in where people are free to think how they like. Yeah, absolutely. But we really thank you guys for joining us and supporting us during this first journey. You know, hopefully we'll see you guys again next season. But I want to say this to you, Jake. I, I really enjoyed uh, having the conversations that we had and shooting this podcast. I've had a lot of fun and I'm wishing you and I'm going to call this right now. January. What's the day? 20 January 29th, a Wednesday, Wednesday morning. I'm going to say by Christmas, December 25th, you will have a girlfriend and your dating <laughs> life will be perfect. <laughs> With help from me or no thanks for my help, you will have someone come December 25th. I'm giving myself that long. So that, that gives me the this season the off season and the rest of next season so therefore i can get you when the season's not going on to where you know she can get to know you and stuff like that because when the season starts it's gonna be tough to try to get to know somebody because you're working all the time because you're a workaholic you just i feel so bad that you made it such a long time frame <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.